Jasmine. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm happy we, to be we, here. Yeah, we were totally geeking out about <laughs> podcasts because you and I, you know, we consume a lot of them. And so I got some uh, good new ones that I'm going to start listening to. So th- thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so um, start off, you work for an organization called OMEP, and that stands for? It's a it's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh Oregon Manufacturing Extension Partnership. Okay, so you're the senior marketing manager there. You run all the marketing and the events. And I was excited to have you on. Have you on as we were just talking? Is that you know a lot of the news has been about and Oregon and Portland's like tech companies who's coming here. But I, I want to know what's going on in manufacturing, and that's who you guys work with. So to kind of back up. What do you guys do and how do you guys work with uh, kind of manufacturers here in Oregon? Yeah, so we're a very interesting kind of uh, hybrid organization. Um, so the MEP in our name uh, denotes that we're actually part of a network of MEP centers that are under the umbrella of NIST, which is the National Institute for Standards and Technology, which is underneath the Department of Commerce. Okay. So essentially we... Um, we are a nonprofit firm, but we do receive federal funding and we use that funding to offset the cost of our consulting services so we can work with small and mid-sized manufacturers in the state of Oregon. Interesting. So how long has this like initiative been around? About 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Does each state have their own? Yes. So each, so that's what I meant by the network, um, most states just have one MEP center. Uh, some, like California, I believe, has two, just based on the density of manufacturers in mm-hmm. the state. And, um, yeah, it's it's very interesting because uh, the concept behind it is that these smaller manufacturers don't have the internal resources that they might need to sort of skill up their employees or um you know, just get better at innovation and help to grow their companies. And so uh, we have a team of about 20 consultants that are based all around the state. And most of them are ex-manufacturing business owners, engineers. So they've all been directly employed in the field of manufacturing for most of Mm. their careers. And then they've decided to sort of move toward a consulting role. And so they go in and help manufacturers solve really any problem they might have. It could be something technical like um, supply chain issues or tech acceleration. Um, and it could be something just in their operational system that needs to improve. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need a new shop floor layout, whatever it might be. Okay. And so your role is in the kind of marketer. You're obviously marketing to them to try to, you know, hopefully work with them, but also externally just uh, do, you, do you guys do like, like press releases and things like that and work with the media that's kind of part of yeah. your work too or yeah so um i mean obviously part of our goal is to just increase general public awareness of how awesome manufacturing is a lot of people don't know that oregon actually ranks somewhere between the second and third state in the entire united states in terms of um how much of our gdp is attributed to manufacturing really yeah so we're right now we're just below indiana okay um so i think we're at um, about 25 percent of our um gross state product is due to manufacturing which people don't necessarily think of oregon as a manufacturing state but um we have about five thousand manufacturing companies in the state and interestingly 
Um, about 2,000 of those are really small, so 6 to 25 employees. Yeah. And so we'll, I want to break into some of these, some of them you're working with, but I know it's a podcast, you can't see, but you got like all this cool data <laughs> spread out across the desk here. And so how, I mean, how did you get into this? I know I was, I, we've chatted a little before, your background's kind of working with engineers, is that right? Or Yeah, yeah. so um, I have kind of a strange career path, but I feel like uh, almost everyone that I've talked to has never had kind of a straight shot to, right. you know, their dream job. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started um, working in sort of customer service. I actually worked for AAA, which is just around the corner mm-hmm. here, for about four years as yeah. a customer service representative. Yeah. Always the nicest people when yep. I have a flat tire yep. <laughs> or car breakdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was great. I mean, that job really taught me how to sort of uh, problem solve on the fly and help kind of calm people down. Yeah. But anyway, um, moved on from there. And um, I, I do have a degree in mass media communications, which is kind of, you know, dabbling in public relations, social media marketing, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I feel like most of the real learning came once I got my job um, as a marketing manager with uh, a company called Core Media. So they're a safety consulting firm. So definitely working in, you know, with a similar industry as, as what I work with now. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up actually being bought out by Caterpillar. Okay. So they now run all of Caterpillar's safety services. And so that really kind of got my feet wet in, oh, wow, marketing, um, you know, for sort of consulting services is really exciting. It's an interesting job. And it's really rewarding because you see that you're not just marketing a product, you're really helping other businesses to grow and improve and change the lives of their employees, which, you know, trickles down into healthier economy and healthier employees. And um, so, yeah, it's very rewarding. So, yeah, I went, you know, safety consulting. I worked for um, a seismic engineering firm for a while as well. Um, and so I've always kind of gravitated toward mm-hmm. what I like to say are, you know, non-sexy, <laughs> yeah, non-sexy it's things. like seismic engineering, uh-huh. marketing. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want your building to fall <laughs> over in an earthquake yeah. or yeah. not? <laughs> well, that's true. So, yeah. well, well, cool. you've been with Home of how long now? A few years? Uh, just over three years. Okay. Yeah. So you're just kind of learning the ropes. I feel yeah. like three, two, three years is when you get your feet underneath you. So. Well, as far as manufacturing in Oregon, like I said, you got some cool data here. You know, I, I didn't know, it, you know, that much of our GDP was tied to it. So, you know, what's kind of going on in manufacturing in the state as far as growth? Or, you know, are we growing? Are more people moving here? I have, I know nothing about like the incentives we have for manufacturing. Right. Like, are there any? Is that a sore subject or kind of what, uh, you know, what what's going on with that? Well, it's a good question. I I don't have a lot of statistics on, you know, percentages of growth, but just from a kind of an observing the um, manufacturing landscape, I've seen a lot more larger companies moving either part or all of their manufacturing um, to the state of Oregon. Um, Part of that could be, you know, access to raw materials that Mm -hmm. we have. Some of it um, is, you know, you see a company owner that has maybe a smaller manufacturing company and they want the the bend lifestyle, so yeah. they move their company there. Um, 
You know, right now in terms of um, industry sectors, the projected highest growth sectors are in wood, metals and machinery, and then food and beverage, which definitely rings true with what I've seen from just our client base. There's so many awesome food and beverage companies mm-hmm. in the state that are just making incredible products and really innovating. And that includes like craft beer and distillery. Yeah, yeah. And that, right? mm-hmm. okay. I mean, you look at the success of Nankasi Brewing, for example, yeah. they're just like totally exploding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with um, wood, I think that probably the reason that's projected to be um, a higher growth area has to do with CLT which is a cross laminated timber. Okay. It's a new method of putting together kind of scrap wood in a really strong way. And there's actually some awesome projects going on with Oregon state where they're going to build a skyscraper type building out of wood. Yeah. I read about that. And it's kind of a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's huge. And they've, <laughs> yeah. you know, done all the, they passed all the fire safety testing, which mm-hmm. was of course, you know, a big concern, but so we see that as a, a really interesting uh, emerging market. And is that process um, like it was developed here or not, maybe not developed here, just here in Oregon, there's good question. Yeah. It was developed in Europe and there are some European manufacturers that are um, currently using it. Uh, there is a company called DR Johnson lumber. That's the primary producer in Oregon right now. Uh, but some of the work OMF's been doing is help to identify other, uh, you know, lumber processors who might be interested in producing CLT and helping them to get their equipment and their workspace to a place where they could do that. Okay. Yeah. And so, do you travel around this? You said you have folks all around the state. Um, do you do you travel personally to see this place, or more your your HQ? I guess is sometimes here. I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of my the favorite things that I get to do is we do learning tours at different manufacturing facilities across the state. So Hmm. we invite other manufacturers to come in and observe um, and, you know, just talk to their peers and actually walk the shop floor and look at what's happening and see, you know, what continuous improvements uh, are going on for themselves. So that's really uh, super rewarding and fun. So I do tend to travel for those kinds of events, but not as much as I would like. Get down in Akasi. Yeah, yeah, I did. I got to almost got to climb on their rock climbing wall, but not quite. (laughs) And so, what when we started talking, you mentioned you know these could be companies as with as as few as three or four employees, right? Right. And so, is that part of manufacturing like the the biggest? Because I grew up in a small part of the state in in southern Oregon. So, do you see more of those these small like manufacturer kind of? popping up and if so like what are they focused on or, or doing yeah you know? good question yeah. um so at least according to the statistics i've got here there's about 600 companies that are um, one to five employees and then about 2500 that are six to 25 employees yeah. and that holds has tended to hold true um, over the last few years I think a lot of them do tend to be food and beverage, but we've got, I've met quite a few apparel um, or accessories manufacturers, which are interesting. So they kind of have that awesome um, handcrafted kind of feel to their work. They really want to keep it, you know, very custom 
tend to be more high-end products. Yeah. So you work for uh, consumer and kind of B2B right. manufacturers. Yes, either way. And so with these small consumer ones, I'm always interested, like, how are they selling is that their products? Is that something you guys get involved with or no? Like um, we you, definitely yeah. can. Uh, I, I think it really varies. I don't think I could give a you know yeah. direct answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, especially for these folks that are like these small handcrafted, maybe like more rural parts of state, you know, if they're selling like on the Etsy or just there, you know, things like that. It's probably people you work with, I guess. Yeah. Well, some, some do start out on Etsy, yeah. but um, the cool thing about, especially in the Portland area, and I believe in the Bend area as well, there's actually a huge kind of maker movement. Yeah. There's um, an organization called ADX, which is uh, actually a maker space in the city of Portland where folks can go and learn how to make different things, whether they want to work with wood or metals. And then they kind of act as an incubator for some of those smaller companies until they're ready to grow out on their own. Um, and that recently expanded with the Portland Apparel Lab or PAL. So they have a whole nother um, clothing and accessories, you know, side of what they do. Cool. Where's that at? Um, it's in North, Northeast, I think, um, like 11th. Oh, no, I've I could get kind of the heard address. of it. It's a- AD- ADX. ADX. Yeah. I've heard of them and um, people tell me I should go check it out, but that sounds really yeah, cool. it's great. How's Kelly that? Roy, who's the founder there, is just an awesome, awesome person. And she is just so passionate about helping um, uh, to foster this kind of culture of making and crafting. And um, she's actually gone on a worldwide tour over the last couple months teaching other people how to replicate her business model with ADX. Interesting. So it's been, yeah, it's been really successful. Um, and then... Oh, I had another thought Out, outside of, uh, outside of ADX, there's also an organization called, um, Portland made. And that's yeah. basically a huge way that these folks can market their products. They're kind of like a collective. Mm. And so they help each other, you know, cross promote. They actually have a little storefront where they promote some of their okay. items, that kind of thing. That's really cool. So do the, do you work with, um, I know travel Oregon kind of, tries to promote a lot of homegrown made in Oregon kind of things. Do you work with them at all or? To my knowledge, we haven't worked directly with them, but we do find, yeah, they'll often, you know, highlight a great manufacturing business that was a client of ours at one time or that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you see it going? I guess now with, like I said, a lot of software companies moving here and that's kind of new sexy thing, but there's always a cross between software makers who maybe manufacture stuff too. Mm-hmm. So uh, are there any of those kind of like high tech slash manufacturers, not like the big ones we know about that are here, but any kind of new ones moving here that you might know of or. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the names of any off the top yeah. of my head, but I, my inclination says that yes, um, more are probably moving here. I mean, if you look at, the largest um, employers, you know, which sectors employ the most people in the state still, you know, it's obviously going to be tech and electronics um, is, is always at the top of the list. Even if you filter out uh, Intel, it's still really high. Okay. So um, I know that 
it can be, I mean, it's a really challenging industry sector yeah. to be in where you're trying to produce the product yeah. and it's a little high you know, barrier to entry for cost. Yeah. Wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, Colin, you know, we were also talking before this and I always love on these podcasts to just kind of ask about Portland. You grew up here. We're out in Tigard where um, I live now and you, you've seen it change a lot. And I think when we last talked, we, we, were, we were talking about that too. And so, you know, how as business wise, have you, you grown up here and changed? I mean, what, what's your kind of thoughts on that? Are you excited? I mean, it's exciting, but especially what you do for a living every day, um, you know, what's your thoughts on kind of all this change happening? And yeah, uh, well, it's, I mean, it still surprises me, honestly. Um, I remember just being a kid and wanting to go into Portland and like get some ice cream yeah. or whatever. And yeah. it's, you know, a 15 minute car ride into yeah. town and yeah. <laughs> you're good to go. Yeah. But it's just changed so much. Uh, you know, I think there's always um, pluses and minuses with any kind of change overall. The things that are exciting to me are just seeing, um, new businesses, you know, bring their business to the state mm-hmm. and help to improve uh, the economy and, and their communities by really giving back. I think Oregon tends to be a very generous state, um, both, you know, on the business side and on just general, you know, population side of things. So that's really cool. Um, I think we just have a lot of challenges ahead of us with the massive amount of growth that's happened in a really short amount of time. We have a lot of logistics to, to figure out and work through. But the other great thing about Oregonians is I think they're, at least from my impression, more than um, other states are awesome at collaborating with each other yeah. and really kind of thinking of each other's as, as, you know, partners rather than just these big, you know, competitors that are always battling it out um, yeah i've talked a lot about that a lot actually over the course of doing these interviews is there's that spirit here where yeah. it's like colleagues or even if you're a competitor you're you know can want to see people succeed and help people and um that's just kind of ingrained here and so i think that's another good reason to do business here but i don't see that changing I, yeah i, I don't like, think so yeah, you know so um i think that's a huge advantage we we have not nice cutthroat yeah yeah. But, but, well, Jasmine, this is really interesting. I appreciate you being on the show and uh, we should do it again. It'd be cool to do kind of a state of the union on the manufacturing kind of cool. climate in Oregon. So. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay. Well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you.